follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad, here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you doing? I think, uh, I think I'm think i ornery. <laughs> Shad, I'm, I'm, I'm ornery. I'm full That's of, right. as, my, as my parents used to say, I'm full of, uh, I'm full of piss and vinegar. That's what oh, I am. Yeah, those are some good terms. What about you, Brad? Well, I... Um... I spent the day chasing Shad around with a giant cartoon mallet, and that was fine. And then when I got a real sledgehammer, like the referee disqualified me, and I was very confused. Ah, so that's right. that was it was no longer fine. Yeah, no, it's not fine and, at that point. And for some reason, beating Shad with a giant toolbox was also fine, but the sledgehammer was not. Right, right, right. The uh... and and just 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 for the sake of argument, Shad, I'm sorry about the whole beating you with a toolbox thing. Ah, uh, you know what. It's that's it's all right. That's not the worst I've ever had. So I'll I'll bounce back. I'm still a little sore. I'll bounce back. I think, provided you know, I'm I'm able to walk again. So if I can't walk again, then we're gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to file a claim. Um. <coughs> so we want to say welcome everybody. This is being recorded on October eighth, twenty nineteen. A time that will live in, I would say, infamy, but let's be honest, it's, it's going to just live on in, in BSery. Um, can, can, I just, can I just say something before we get to, like, the um, collar and elbow and our shout-out? Just to kind of Just kind of set the tone for this episode. I actually believe that as awesome as AEW was this week, that WWE actually completely managed to overshadow them with their utter incompetence. I think in the in the wrestling fandom world, that's probably true. I think overall in the kind of mainstream world, it didn't because uh, fortunately AEW had a really good debut, and I think people outside of the wrestling fandom took notice of that and gave them some props. Like there was mainstream media outlets, I think like CBS sports, things like that. They, they gave them props. So I think shout outs from politicians, Andrew Yang, who is one of the Democrat um, nominees for their, uh, the Democrat presidential (laughs) nomination actually gave them a shout out on Twitter. Uh, Now, if you, if you're not familiar with him, he's actually very good about kind of connecting with people and with younger people millennials i guess especially he really is he's very good at, <laughs> he's very good at messaging yeah i'm not we're not 
this is like a non-political podcast, so we don't really, mm-hmm. we're not making any sort of commentary about, you could love Andrew Yang, you could hate him, like that doesn't but matter to us, but he's just he's, good. He's got some skill at it. He really I, does. He is. And I, I, think it I, shows, I think it shows the, the tendrils that AEW has gotten, because I could not imagine someone tossing it to WWE like that. No, I think it actually says a lot. That it, it's a there's a lot of anecdotal things, and we call, we'll talk about them maybe a little bit later. But there's a lot of anecdotal things about how AEW might actually, in reality, be connecting with people, especially younger people, uh, mm-hmm. in a way that people like us who are fans of wrestling had hoped that they would. They would kind of reconnect with a lot of younger viewers, mm-hmm. uh, and I think this is one of them because I. If AEW didn't have some heat, especially with younger voters, with millennials, then why would, you know, an actual presidential candidate who he's not just like a dude running around out there with like zero percent. Like he actually has some popularity and fan and a fan base. Uh, So the fact that he's on Twitter, like giving a shout out to this new wrestling company to me was mind blowing. But it actually does show actually maybe people are talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm digressing, but to, I'm just kind of saying to Brad's point. I think, I think overall AEW is fine. But yes, in if you pay attention to wrestling, WWE basically did overshadow just by being making several missteps over Unforced the course of last week. Unforced yeah. errors. I think that's our term for it. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll pull back the curtain. We actually had recorded an, a, another podcast that we were going to air this week, but we had to. We basically had to come on and do <laughs> a discussion. Well, we had well, to do to, WWE the Unforced Era episode. Well, is what we yeah. Did. Well, to, to 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 go even further, we decided we were going to come on and do this because we all had a lot of thoughts about the AEW de- debut, and we had agreed to this. I think before SmackDown went on the air. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. and then the weekend happened, and we were just like, "Oh, holy crap!" Like, yeah, yeah. So, so what's gonna happen is we're actually gonna have a dark match because so much happened, especially with their screw ups. Like, we didn't want to get away from the AEW review too much. Yeah, we we don't want to. We want to have an opportunity to talk about both, but we also don't want to overshadow the AEW stuff. So, um, let me go ahead and get a, get our, our shout outs out of the way. <coughs> you also have to pardon me. I'm in the part of the country where fall came running through the door and is heading for the back on the way out and is dropping lower temperatures all along the way. So it screwed up everybody's sinuses. So please pardon me. But the first thing we want to give our shout out to is our affiliate. That would be Collar and Elbow. That's CollarXElbowBrand.com. Use the promo code 4CORNERSPODCAST. That's the number 4, capital C and Corners, capital P and Podcast. No spaces to get 10% off your order. Um, I got nothing new to say about them this week. They're, they're good folks. They got good stuff. Go check it out. Um, and then we have the other shout-out that's also for an upcoming episode. Yeah, that would be a, that would be for Epico. We we still intend to watch some WWC and kind of give our thoughts on it, but uh, this kind of real pressing contemporaneous stuff happening uh, has delayed that slightly. So yeah, uh, yeah. This is a yeah. Uh, you, you we gotta we gotta hit this while the stink's still on it. Um. So let's let's talk about let's let's get some let's get something 
out there first. So what did you guys think was going to happen with the first ratings like result? Uh, I, I was optimistic that AEW would succeed just because I never thought that NXT had like this amazing rating at the first week that they were on Wednesdays. No, I didn't either. And then they dropped, which I mean, it may be fine overall. I don't know if, you know, law and order SVU reruns that like at USA usually runs in that time slot. <laughs> I don't know if they would do better. Uh, so it, they, they may be perfectly happy with it, but well, see, here's what I thought was going to happen. I thought, I thought AEW was going to win the ratings war but it wasn't going to be what it was. I thought it was going to be, they were going to win and be comfortably ahead. But I also thought, uh, and I think this is what they're planning to do is like NXT wasn't going to win, but they were going to hamstring AEW enough to make them non-viable as a TV product. Yeah. I still have that concern, but I actually don't. Um, but let's, let's get to Shad first and then I'll tell you why I don't believe that. To I be was, true. okay. I was in this place where I did not know, I didn't have a good guess what was going to happen with AEW because, yeah, okay, we've we've been on board since the beginning. We've been excited for this. There's a lot of stuff going into it. We've been excited for, and a lot of the people that we we talk to about this stuff or we're in contact with are in a similar way. You know, AEW's coming. We're really looking forward to seeing what happens. Now they're coming to TV. It's like, oh, they're coming to TV. We really want to see this come together. But I'm sitting here going, I don't know how well it's going to come together, right? Because I felt like I was kind of on the inside too much looking in. So my thought was, well, you know, NXT's been around for a while. There's, They don't have as much press, but you know, a lot of people know who they are. I'd probably be looking for something comparable. Maybe AEW be doing better because there's so much excitement around it. And then they showed up and just, I mean, just ran riot in terms of ratings when compared to NXT. And it was, like, Not embarrassingly close. separate. Well, yeah, it, you know, it was staggeringly different. You know what was the really telling thing for, for me is in that 18 to 49 bracket, they pulled mm-hmm. almost, like, I think only like 12,000 less viewers than NXT did total. Like that's where that was like, the, yeah, when I, when I got in the, so go back to what Matt said about, he's worried about NXT hampering their viability where I actually had my opinion on that change is when I saw the demographics of the ratings, it, it pretty much dawned on me that this, honestly, the wrestling war is over because there was never any war because by the demographics that watch Dynamite, they're not pulling from the same audience. Like, NXT is pulling the WWE hardcores and an older audience, and AEW is pulling a younger audience, a much younger audience. Like, a heavy, under-40 audience. Isn't WWE in general just trending more towards an older audience right now? Yes, because... In general. Well, because... In the in the thirty five and under category, uh, AEW actually outdrew Raw and SmackDown by a lot. Wow! Think about how big of a difference that is. Because in the John Cena era, who were the ones that were really like behind him? It was 
kids and and women really. But the thing is, kids aren't kids don't want to watch a three hour show. They want to see their favorites. They are no kid is to the point where they've either developed or I should rephrase. A lot of the the kids they were targeting were not at a point where they are either developed enough to, to hang through the whole thing. They basically want to see their favorite. That's what they want to see. Like, if you gave them a Best of John Cena DVD, they'd think it was the greatest wrestling collection ever made. Because yeah, for them, that's what they want to see. And, and it's now, a- it's suddenly, in the, what, like, in, in 10 years or so, it's skewed from, like, kids and women are big on, to now it's just older guys in general. Yeah, pretty much. And, and I want to say, like, to pull the curtain back on our on our lives a little bit, we we have a, we have a Facebook group that's just a group of people that we've posted on message boards with for probably at this point twenty years. Close and to it, I would imagine. Just yeah. about, yeah. And we had there were there were two or three guys in our group that I haven't seen comment on wrestling in years that watched AEW and said, "I'm going to watch this again." Yeah, you know I. This is like another anecdotal uh, story because I was there. I was there for the first show, um, and we, I guess we can get into my thoughts. This later, is our but... man on location. <laughs> this is our boy. The professor was on site for the first AEW pay per view and the first AEW TV show. Oh, that's true. So I was say that Melcher. We're done. <laughs> yeah. You know, Probably. we're yeah. on a to- we're on a tier with Melcher now. I. Uh, yeah, I, that's true. I actually was. Um, I had to go see this show because it was it was in D.C. It's like I and uh, to be truthful, I literally live like five blocks away from the stadium. So I would have been a real <laughs> chump if I had not actually made the, the, the 15 minute walk over to where the show was being held. But, but this is a clearly like anecdotal story. I'm not saying this means much of anything. But again, if you want. If you want to kind of assess, like, is is AEW penetrating to people that either are lapsed fans or are fans who or people who aren't weren't really fans but just are kind of interested in what's going on? Uh, there's a guy who I used to work with literally ten years ago. Like, it's been like a decade since I worked with this guy, and uh, we weren't like really close friends, uh, but we would talk, and he's a nice guy, and. In the years since, we've remained at least like social media friends. Uh, and this kid, when I knew him, never talked about wrestling. Never once. We talk about sports. He's a sports fan. And I've seen him on social media, you know, talk about, you know, like his favorite NFL team or his favorite college football team or what have you. But never once mentioned wrestling. And I pull up social media uh, Wednesday night because I wanted to see what people were saying about the show, uh, especially people from D.C. And this guy up on his like social media feed on his Facebook, it's pictures of him at the show. He's at the show and he's commenting where it's like at the end of it, he's just like, wow, I feel like I was really part of something here. And I'm like this kid who I've never heard once say that he was into wrestling at all. I don't know if he was like a lifelong fan growing up. I don't know if he just came to the show tonight that that night because he felt it was something that interested him, but I don't know. He was posting about it. He was showing the world that he was there at that show and was talking about it. So I don't know. Like, uh, it's too early to say. Like, I, well, let's see what the ratings are like, like three months from now and how they're doing. But I think, I think there's an opportunity there. And I think, 
I think so far they've been really smart. They, there's just something I don't I don't know what it is, but like when you watch it, there's just something there. Like even going back to Double or Nothing, mm-hmm. they just have something. I don't know if it's how they shoot it. Like there's something about it that that just grabs me, like WCW used to. That the no company has done since then. Like I, no. I watched Double or Nothing, and I was like ten minutes in, and I was like, I literally turned to my wife and I said, like, this is my home, like. They 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 nailed it for me. Like it's just this is this is this is for me. It feels to me very WCW like, and I almost cringe at saying that because a lot of people have negative connotations of WCW because they did get pretty bad there at points, and they made some bad decisions. But there was a time where WCW was like the hottest product in wrestling. They had a really hot main event. The un like the undercard, the mid card guys were putting on tremendous matches it was doing like fun stuff it was funny at points you had really interesting characters and that's what this is like thus far uh i don't know and it has like it has an old school like southern style vibe to it yeah well i think that um another piece to that and this this is another reminiscence of good wcw stuff but what we get to see with AEW, and this is going to, hopefully this doesn't sound bad, because I mean this in a really good way. The the production on AEW is good, but it's not so slick like you see on WWE stuff, so it feels more like you're watching a wrestling show instead of a TV show with wrestling in it. Or it feels more like you're sitting. You're it. You're not, but it feels more like you're sitting there closer to live for a show than WWE product. It, it felt this is this is like the most like a show has felt like wrestling to me in years. Like right. they just hit the points like WWE didn't. Like even to the like JR introing the show and them showing the arena. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. They just, like they old just, nitros did. Yeah. Yeah. Shivani would be like, "We're here in, I don't know, we're here in the Carroll Palace with this many fans here for another episode of WCW Nitro." And the part of, and that was exciting because you see yeah. a whole bunch of other people excited to see what's going on. The pyro goes off. They do their little intro. Here we are. These are some things we're going to see tonight. Let's go to our first match. And you're like, "Oh, hey, that's cool." As opposed to like. Welcome to Raw! Oh, here's Seth. Oh, yeah. So, so we weren't going to go right into the AEW review, but I guess we're going to go right into it. But what what I thought was outstanding was that video they did for Cody versus Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. Because we were watching that, and my, my wife's a Sammy Guevara fan from the first time she saw the panda head. She actually has a Guevara <laughs> shirt. Like, she loves him. But I was watching that, and I'm like, holy shit, like... They've done more to make me care about Sammy Guevara in five seconds than WWE has done with some of their characters over, like, years. Right. By the end of the show, uh, especially with what went down on the main event angle, like, I really felt they did a great job of getting Sammy over. Like, Oh, his... If, his, if you his, didn't... Um, if you didn't... Mm-hmm. Sorry, his, I'm cutting... Go ahead. I was going to say, like, that him kicking Cody in the balls was... <laughs> 
awesome. Like he just wound that up. I'm pretty sure he made full contact too, but like even, um, even Cornette liked the show, by the way, and said that he loved the ending angle, especially Guevara kicking Cody in the balls. Yeah. If, uh, if you had no idea who Sammy Guevara was at the beginning of that show, and I'm sure there were probably more people, uh, if you're especially people who are maybe have not seen AEW live and that was their first exposure to him. They did do a great job because by the end of that show, you hated that little asshole's guts. You wanted <laughs> yeah. to see him. You wanted <laughs> like to see someone slap a pretty boy in the face. Yeah. And so, so we, we hit the first part and Cody comes out and I literally, I don't know. I know Matt was there, but I got chills from like the reaction he got coming out live he probably got the biggest reaction of the night and he is it's t- so I'm, I go back and forth because I'm not sure how to gauge it. Cause clearly with the AEW fan base and people were there to see AEW. Like I, like I said, there was that kid there who, I don't know if he was a wrestling fan growing up, but he came to that show cause he was interested in this, but there are obviously there are people there like me who are hardcore wrestling fans and who came because they wanted to see AEW. And they were plenty of AEW shirts on. There, That was definitely like their fan base. And with that fan base, Cody is tremendously over. He might be the most over person on their roster. I'm trying to gauge like how much that translates beyond just being an AEW like diehard fan. But I, think the, I, won- I think the quality of his matches, though, have... Uh-huh. have- has penetrated bigger, but I will it's, say this though. I don't, I would say, sorry to cut you off. I would say it's beyond that. I, I actually feel not just like his ring work, his promo work, like his charisma, the character he's presenting, even just him giving interviews like to the media with regards to the TNT show and the company itself. Like he, he has become their big breakout star. And I, it's been like almost under the radar. And I don't know, because I feel, you know, he has the match in a month for the title, and I don't feel like it's appropriate right now. I think I think they should keep Jericho as, like, the heel champ for a while, but it's, like, tough to say, because they could literally run with him as, like, the main the main star. And I think yeah. it's believable at this point. I'm sorry to cut you off, though. What were we gonna oh, say? no, you're fine. I was going to say, there's even people that weren't fans of him like me that are just like, holy shit, like, he is the guy. That's something to say. I mean, when he, what was it, two, two, three years ago at this point, when he left the WWE because he didn't really like the way he was booked and he wanted yeah. to go explore other options. Uh, I didn't really care about Cody. I didn't hate him. I didn't have any strong dislike about him. I was more like apathetic. And I thought but he I, was a terrible R- Ring of Honor champion too. I didn't I see liked a ton him on of Warehouse Thirteen. <laughs> you liked him on Arrow. Uh, I, I've, I've watched no arrow and that's that's not going to change yeah it's not worth watching yeah i'll watch the flash anyway sorry uh i'm sorry just to finish my thought like i when he left i was like well you know good for him maybe he can you know do something interesting uh but little did i know how how much he would improve i feel like he has improved everywhere like across the board like his personality, his promo skills, his in-ring work, like as just as development of a character. I'm fascinated by him. I remember seeing him in OVW when he was just starting out, like literally probably had like a handful of matches to his name. 
mm-hmm. and thinking, wow, this guy, this guy has it. And then he kind of never got there. And now he like <laughs> found it. Like, like I think, I think whoever, whoever decided this was the first match and that he was going to come out first, whoever did that deserves a shit ton of money because this is, this is a lot of people's first impressions. So you have Cody coming out and he looks like a star, like him and Brandy together. Mm-hmm. It just screamed like this is big league. Yeah. Well, remember from our talk with Jr. what he said, the biggest match on the card is your main. Where's your second biggest go? It's your opener. And to have Cody be the first guy to walk out, first of all, makes sense. This, this was is, is he's really helmed this vision, but he, you know, do you have him, you know, be the first guy to walk out for this makes a lot of sense. And we have a, um, we have a really good match that they, they, they built with a really good, he feels like the franchise already. And that's, I think, very exciting. Uh, I will, I will say I do have one complaint about the match. Okay. So my biggest complaint about this match, it was good. I really like, and I really like that Spanish fly that Guevara hit on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looked cool as hell. My biggest complaint, though, is the finish should have been Brandy hitting him with that shoe and Cody nailing him with that kick off the ropes, because that would have been that crowd would have blown if he would have pinned him off of that. Uh, the apex of the match. That's fair. Yeah, I could uh, see that. It was a small sin, but I would have I think the match should have ended there. Live it. The match was great. It played very well. Um, I actually did watch the show afterwards uh, just to see how it would come off uh, presented on TV and mm-hmm. general and also I guess I, I kind of wanted to hear the commentary um, uh-huh. and I actually thought generally it was very good uh, one thing I, I actually kind of didn't like to me it felt watching it on TV it felt it felt like they were almost zooming in too much does that make sense I feel like usually when I'm watching a show or even WWE, like the cameras zoomed out a little bit. And I think they were kind of like really focused in on them, which maybe just a personal quibble, but it felt well, like it. I did not notice all I really, my biggest quibble was the music was too low mm. on the TV show. But the the commentary, I actually thought the commentary on this blew the WWE away. Like if AEW has one thing on the WWE, it's commentary, even over NXT, because they were very relaxed. Like they, they weren't like overpowering what was going on. They weren't just trying to fill the air with words. And you could tell they were enjoying themselves too. Yeah. Cause, cause I think at one point Jr. said to, I off the top of my head, I can't remember who it was, but Jr. said to Shivani, he's like, you want to call him a bastard one more time? <laughs> oh yeah. I love how Tony gave was just hating on Sammy Guevara. Right. Yeah. Because uh, Guevara and, was the the little bastard or something like that. Yeah, he called um, MJF a prick too. Yeah, he yeah. did. Tony was fun. But see, I agree. Yeah. I agree and, that the commentary was great. And I I know you guys like Morrow more than I do now, but that is one of my big complaints about Morrow is sometimes Morrow just needs to shut his goddamn mouth and let things breathe. Morrow is trying very hard to. I'm sorry, Matt. Give me just a second. He's trying very hard to channel 
late, you know, late nineties Jr. But he's got a, and he's very good about having excitement go into it. He's just not quite as good at knowing when to let it breathe. So I, I, I can't fault him for that. I generally agree, but I, I, I think he can get a little bit too excited sometimes. And I think that mm-hmm. can kind of take it away. Like, he I kind of agree with you, Brad. I think times like he needs to just like, it's like, dude, dial it back. Like he, he gets self-indulgent, I think. A little bit sometimes. Yeah. So well. then we, so this, then the Jericho attack happens after this, which I thought this, the fact that Jericho just kept coming back. I thought mm-hmm. it was great for this. <laughs> so this is actually something that I noticed uh, watching it on TV versus watching it live, because on TV they showed him attacking, and then they I see I guess they basically cut to commercial, and then when they came back, you see him basically like pile dri- not pile driving, power bombing Cody on the chairs. Yeah. But there was uh, a beatdown during the entire. Uh, oh no! During during the actual live broadcast, they uh, they did split screen, and you could oh, still watch awesome. Jericho beating him up. Oh, that's so cool! Because I was watching when I was watching the TV version, I watched it like on demand. Which uh, I, I for those of you ha- who have um, Xfinity Comcast, that's actually pretty cool. Like they they have AEW like actually on demand, so you can watch it that way, like you would like a regular show. Yeah, if, which I I was if really. If you go to uh, TNTDrama.com. You can watch the whole episode for free. That's good too. Yeah, I'm glad they did the split screen because I good. Then they yeah. didn't like lose any of that because I, when I was watching it on demand, I was like, oh no, like you didn't see like most of the beatdown because that beatdown continued and it went on a while. Yeah, yeah. And no, if, I actually if there really was a thought match it, or hmm. something was going on, like some of the commercials were full screen, but if if the like they kept with the matches and everything. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was really good and it was really uh, engaging. So um, the whole show was. Yeah. I, I I had to because of of time frame. I had to kind of do a hit the high point watch. Um, mm-hmm. Just just some stuff going on, but the whole thing was very engaging. Yeah. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. So up next we had uh, was it Brandon Cutler. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was Brandon Cutler I'm versus MJF. Yeah, so now this one, like when Brandon Cutler came out, I was like, "Ooh, this is way too indie for like the second match." Just because he's not, and th- th- this is this is this is a small complaint, but they they did fix this because he got squashed. But, yeah, like, when he was coming out, it was kind of like, "Ooh, this is a little too." Um, he's not like what I would be putting out there. But then they kind of fixed it by having MJF like pretty much squash him in a couple minutes. As he came out to the ring and he had D twenties on his tight and stuff, tights and stuff. I had a certain song in my head, and that was "It's D and D" by Stephen Lynch. <laughs> he's coming down the ring and they're like, "Oh yeah, he likes he likes tabletop gaming," and I'm here. It's D&D, virgins, <laughs> till the day we die. And I got a big kick out of that, but it also took something <laughs> took something away from it. For so me. I, thought, I thought this was a good um, showcase of MJF, like from his promo to, to I did just too. the match. I think people, on, I, I saw, I think this is people who are like, you guys... 
uh, calm down. You're maybe a little bit being too serious of a wrestling fan right now because there are people like, oh, this is terrible match. Like, why do they put this on here? It's like, dude, it, it wasn't meant to be like a match, even really. It, it was oh, basically a two minute uh, introduction to MJF on a national TV stage because they yeah. clearly have big plans for him. And I think he did a great job uh, being a prick and insulting the fans yeah. and insulting Brandon Cutler. And it was more about him getting his character over, which I think they did a good job with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a weekly TV show. Like you, you can't have every match be good on TV. That defeats the purpose. Like you need, like you need matches to accomplish something other than being good. Yeah. Well, I think uh, who they put out there with him, it also makes sense because of the uh, the internet meme that was drifting around with um, uh, MJF posting the, like, you don't get a body like this playing D&D, and then it blew up because people didn't get what he was actually doing. And then Joe Manganiello, or however the hell you say his name, invited him to come play. and I, Someone made a stat block. For MJF and MJF flips out. He goes, "You delete this right now. You take this." To-. And so I think that this was a nod to all that, which was added another layer of fun to it. And Cutler got to be on TV, and yeah, he got he got wrecked, but um, it, it was it was still a fun callback. Oh, can we can we also go back to the Cody Guevara match for a second? Well, I'm not going to stop remember. you. Uh, there's one thing I really did like about the the finish they did go with. I like that Sammy went high risk and lost because he went high risk. Oh yeah, you don't like. See I like that he much. went for that that shooting star. Cody need him, got the knees yeah. up, cradled him. One, two, three, done. I like that as a finish. But mm-hmm. even though I said the other thing should have been the finish, I did like the I did like the finish they went with too. It but, was, it, 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 yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. And I was going to say, the other thing, my favorite MJF memory from AEW so far is his promo at Fighter Fest, and they, they found that guy <laughs> in the crowd that it cut a little too deep on. <laughs> I, I keep meaning to go back and get a still of that guy so, and put the, put the phrase, I feel personally attacked under it, he, but he, I haven't he literally, done it yet. He 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 unseated um, the Brock Lesnar Undertaker guy. Yeah. For me. What was his name, Matt? Say that again. The the Brock Lesnar Undertaker guy. Oh, uh, Elvis, I think. Okay. Because you had met him, you told us a story about meeting him, but I couldn't uh, couldn't remember his name. Ellis. Yeah. It's Ellis. Like um, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But yeah, I did meet okay. him. He's a he's a re- he's a really like nice guy. He has a sense of humor about that too, doesn't he? Yeah. He actually like uh he actually like posted something about that not that long ago and he's like, "Well, I didn't really know how it would change my life." But he he yeah. is like a really good sport about it. You kind of have to embrace it at some point, I think. But uh yeah, that that guy was he was definitely meme-worthy. I just haven't seen any memes floating around. But. So then we went... Um, next they did kind of like a block of promos for the tag team tournament. Mm-hmm. So they had um, Kevin Smith and Jason Muse, which turned into um, 
Jack Evans and Angelico coming out and Private Party getting involved in a little scuffle. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I didn't think this segment was particularly good, but I will give them credit. If this was a WWE segment, this would have been like 25 minutes long. That's true. So then we go to SCU doing a little um, like vignette, but then we go to a promo with them in a ring, which kind of has um, has uh, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. come out. And the whole time I was raging at my wife because Pentagon Jr. came out in like a full suit with tennis shoes on. <laughs> and I was I was enraged at, at him for that. Well, let's be fair. The most important article of clothing, if you're going to be in a fight, is the shoes that you're wearing. Because well, you like, don't want your feet to betray you. I liked that Cody came out with the nice shoes, even if he was, like, slipping the entire time. He was trying it, to brawl. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, this this was a conversation my wife and I were having the other night that um, <clears throat> I, I, didn't, I didn't get to, uh, or that this is a perfect time to bring up. The, the the dress shoes thing, I'm usually not a fan of for that exact reason. You're going to slip around in them. They're not going to provide you a steady base when you're trying to be active, that sort of stuff. Except for the time that The Rock dropped the people's elbow in dress shoes, and it was the coolest damn thing you've ever seen in your life. When he, he the, the second part of hitting the ropes, he just slid into place and dropped the elbow. Hey, Chad, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did your wife happen to watch any of this with you? Of the AEW show? She did not. I wanted okay. to, to have her watch some of it with me, but it just, it has not worked out. How do you think, how do you think, like, having watched what you watched about, how do you think she would respond to this versus WWE programming? Ish, I think she would be way more interested. Because my wife loves it. Like, she, she was like, this is way better than WWE. And this is going back to Double or Nothing. I she watched um, from all in. She watched uh, with me the um, we watched the Rhodes Brothers match, and then we watched Jericho Omega, and she liked both of those. Like my wife has a deep and abiding, and I don't exactly understand why hatred of Chris Jericho, but like <laughs> oh god, she hates Chris Jericho so much. Um, that, uh, the, um, she even, she enjoyed the Omega Jericho match. She didn't think it was good as the Rhodes, which makes sense. And that's, I'm led to believe that she would enjoy this a lot more in WWE stuff. Cause I don't know. It feels again, just overall, not as slick. Isn't the right word, even though it's what comes to mind. It doesn't feel overproduced. And when it's overproduced, then it loses some of the draw because it doesn't seem, it seems more unreal, I guess is what I'm going for. I also noticed with this, like, their use of color was a lot better than WWE because they, they tend to like that monochrome, like, presentation, like, Raw's very red and SmackDown's very blue. Yeah. And this show kind of just went with, Kind of a a diverse color palette. Mm -hmm. Even their intro. Yeah. So (laughs) I will say, I thought thought bunching the promos, especially like two SCU things together, was kind of a 
poor choice, but I don't know how they would have split this out otherwise. So I'm I'm willing to forgive this, though this isn't necessarily what I would have done. Yeah, uh, I think that that was I think putting them together was the right thing. It's like now we're having the the promo section of the show, and and we're then we're going to get back to the stuff. We're going to get all the exposition out of the way, and then go back to the uh, go back to the matches. I, yeah. I kind of like that. So Matt, how uh, how loud was Pentagon's suit live? Well, could you see like the seventiesness of it? Uh, we're gonna have to. Matt's Matt's having a um, a thing at the moment, so we're gonna have to okay. come back to that. Okay. But um, you know, they come out, they do the stare down with SCU, which is which is cool. I mean, they do a lot. They do stare downs pretty well, at least in the tag division. So uh, I like that. Um, what was the thing that came after this? Um, uh, Rio and... No, sorry. That was after this. It was, next was uh, Adam Page and Pac. Or Pac, right, sorry. Right, yes. Hangman Page versus... <coughs> Hangman Page versus Pac. I... I liked this a lot. This one was divisive. People either really liked this or did not like this. What, what what has been the reasoning behind the why? Because I haven't seen any of that. I think it was just too long. Uh, okay. For some people. <laughs> I think I think what affected it was having the the split screen so you saw the whole match. Oh, okay. I didn't mind this. This was not my favorite match of the show by any means. Right. But I thought it was okay. It was okay for like that um that top of the hour um kind of main event deal. Well, we have to have also have to consider what the other thing this match did. This match was also for part of the viewing audience the introduction to Pax post WWE career like yeah. we've been aware of it but you know that's that's kind of kind of sort of our job is like we we've been aware of it but for some people they haven't seen it and then it was also an establishing a way of establishing the level at where you take pack seriously well like, I also think I also think you came out of this match thinking oh this is probably who's going to go after the winner of Jericho and Cody well, I don't know that that's going to happen now, because they were set. They've set up another number one contenders match. Oh, um, Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen, which is intriguing to me, because it's the idea of taking Jericho out of his element. I think against yeah. against those two, for God's sake, the two guys who had had the 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 Cracker Barrel brawl <laughs> where. Where Darby tried to end Jimmy Havoc with a literal Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, it that's that's going to be very different than what we've seen up to this point challenging Jericho. But we are also, you know, uh, we have established now where Pack stands in terms of the AEW hierarchy. Page. Yeah. Um, Page challenged Jericho. He didn't win, but he was number one contender, so you know to take him seriously. 
Pack wins this one. Spoiler alert. <clears throat> so now you know how how seriously we're supposed to take Pack because of this. And it it wasn't even like it wasn't even like really questionable. Like how we got to the finish was questionable. Very well done, but not a clean finish. But then Pack's win was very. Um, it's not dominant. Very clear, I guess. You know. It was. It was also nice having a show to this point where there wasn't a lot of screwy stuff going on. Yeah. That's. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I like this match because the stud the like the work in it was good, but I also liked it in a meta sense for what it was what it was establishing. I, I may yeah. I probably even liked it more for that because I thought it did it very well. So then up next would probably be what ended up being my match of the night, which really surprised me. But they, it's so up next was for the AEW. I think they called it. Did they call it the World Women's Championship or the Women's World Championship? Women's World Championship. Women's yeah, World. I, okay. I, and I like that. I like that touch to it instead of just being the women's title. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And and it was a nice looking belt too. Mm-hmm. Just um just as an aside. So this was um, Rio versus Nyla Rose to crown the first world champion. So this what was interesting here was the crowd was pretty low key for this in the start, but I think they got super hot for the end. They did. They sure seem to. Because I thought yeah. this was kind of to me this was kind of a whatever match until Nyla did her chair setup and then ate shit trying to like senton Rio. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it got really good, and then I thought Rio had some really good hope spots. And then I actually liked the ending where she just pretty much double-kneed her in the face and got the pin. Crowd goes crazy for this one, or this win. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this live, Matt? Live, it had tremendous reaction. Um, and I, it's tough to say I really liked the Cody-Sammy match. Um, so that could have been my, my match of the night, but this was... It's it's kind of like a, a coin toss, really. This was a really good match, it, and it did build. It built uh, the emotion and the fire to it by the end. Um, I think it's a good idea for to put Nyla in there with uh, a worker of the level of Riho. Because Nyla, I think, has uh, some deficiencies, but they were kind of masked there she by Riho. She's really weird because... She can look okay one minute, but then like you get the Michael Nakazawa power bomb, and then you're just like, "Ugh, that looked really bad." Yeah. Like she has some issues with being sloppy at times. That's but, yeah. I where I thought this was nice though is comparatively to like the WWE women's matches, this really, I th- I felt this really delivered in a way that a lot of the WWE women's matches always feel deficient. Like they always seem to lack that emotional component. There were, other than yeah. other than like stuff like Bailey and Sasha from NXT. There was definitely a big emotional component into this, um, in 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 a very big way. Like. I actually think I actually think if they work it right, they could have something pretty big in Riho. Like I think she could be the um, 
I think she could be the same that Jungle Boy could be for them if they do it right. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Because they both have that, they're both super sympathetic, they're both good looking in a way that makes you sympathize with them more when they're in trouble. <laughs> and Riho's an excellent worker that, that gets that, but I also think Jungle Boy is also a good worker in that sense. I just think that they have a good thing going with both of them. Their cell is very good and it's very sympathetic. And it, it feeds into the American desire for an underdog in a big way. And, and the other thing I think that they have that WWE has not had is they look really young comparatively. Like when you watch WWE stuff, you don't get like that young, sympathetic face. Oh, okay. Because, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because they're they're young. They're in their early 20s. So like that makes them more sympathetic. When you watch WWE like someone young on WWE is probably like 31 years old now. Maybe yeah. you got a couple people kicking around in their late 20s, but you don't get that like 22 or 23 year old anymore. No, that has not that youthful appearance. Oddly enough, not since Cody was following uh, Randy Orton around, you know? Yeah, that's true, actually. So. Uh, uh, that was just. Anyway. So then up next we have the main event, which is um, Chris Jericho and LAX versus the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. So this one immediately kind of devolves as John Moxley attacks Kenny Omega. Now this is, I thought this was stupid and my wife actually said something about it. They needed needed to do something for the referee to not just be staring at Moxley attacking Omega. That was just stupid. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, I mean, they needed to obviously have Moxley make some sort of impact here because he he has the match against Omega. Uh, but I, I, I saw some criticism. I saw some criticism from uh, some of my friends who were like, it doesn't make logical uh it's not logically consistent to to have Moxley basically go in there and attack Omega and it not just immediately be a DQ. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that was, that was the that... glaring weakness to me is to have you have uh, you have you know you're having a three v three tag match. Oh, here's a guy who drags one of them away, and it's like ah, uh, guys. Now, if it came out later that they're like, oh, turned out the ref was in their pocket, um, then, okay, I get that. But it's, it, did, it did seem out of place with as, how, as much as they presented the, the product. And you could, have, you, could have done, you could have done some different things. Like, you could have had, like, Moxley, like, in the crowd and, like, spit on Omega and have Omega, like, just attack him. And because it's out of the ring, the referee doesn't toss it or just like have him attack him outside of the ring. Like there's a million things you could have done that would have. Well, you wouldn't have gotten that shot of Moxley in the ring squaring up on Omega that way, which was a big heat builder. So um, it 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 could have been done other ways. Yeah, it hurt the immersion. It, It could have been done other ways. It probably should have, but in the grand scheme of what went down in this segment, 
that if that's the only quibble we can come up with, that don't take a whole lot from the from what ha- what else happened. I did like the the spot, like them breaking the glass table, was cool. Yeah. But what I what I really liked about that and where WWE would have screwed this up is they went to commercial break and then they never showed them again. Oh, it was yeah. back to the match. Like WWE would have been like going back to that forever. Yeah. Oh, let's see if they've come any closer to death now. Up, oh, still laying there. All right, back to the ring. Thirty seconds later. Oh, I wonder about now. Nope, still laying there. Back to the ring. Yeah, it's like ah. So we get the rest of the match. Um, I like the the Bucks like getting their hot tag and doing their hope spots. Then Jericho just boom. His finisher gets the pin. I like the finish to this a lot. And then we get the extended beatdown. Cody comes out to make the save. Uh, Sammy Guevara comes out, kicks Cody in the balls, which I thought was one of the best, like, kicking of someone in the balls I've seen in wrestling ever. <laughs> like, he wound he wound that fucking kick up, and it looked like it had some, like, spice on it. <laughs> Like, it looked like he was going for all the gusto. Yeah. I think he might have even gotten some taint in there, too. Ooh. And then so, then Dustin shows up. Yeah, which made me happy because Dustin's uh, coming out there. And then, not my favorite person, but Jake Hager comes out of the crowd and looks like a million bucks. Just beats the living piss out of everyone and then they set up a table, and then they murder, like, Dustin on it. I thought they powerbombed Cody through it. Am I remembering no, they like, No, they pow- remember they powerbombed, like, they did, like, one of those ones that wouldn't break, so they, like, powerbombed, like, Dustin right on it. Oh, okay. And it um, just looked brutal because the table didn't really have a lot of give to it. Yeah, it was, it was like, uh, almost like a Japanese-type table that just, they don't, they don't break <laughs> like yeah. they should. They're not pre-cut at all. Like, yeah, it looked pretty brutal. Um, and uh, I don't know where they're going to go. I don't know if they're going to have this basically be like a a whole heel faction or what. I actually, first off, I I don't know if people are enjoying the Jake Hager appearance or not. I mean, there, there's a limited number of, like, guys they can get, you know? Like, they can't there, – there's – there's only so many people like on out there like in D and D scene or something they could sign that would be big surprises. Yeah. Because there's a lot of chatter uh, before the show like oh they're gonna have a uh, they're gonna have a surprise. And it's like well if that's the case then who would that be? And outside of outside of like a really big get like CM Punk like I don't know who you would get. Right. I think he's a good <laughs> signing. Like he doesn't do a lot for me, but he's he's different from their roster. Well, one thing I think that. Uh, this is not a commentary per se on their roster, but they do have a lot of guys from the indie scene and what have you. So, so their general height is not like they're not giants is what I'm basically yeah. kind of saying. So when you have someone like Jake Hager, who is like six, 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 seven, like legit, yeah. or at least build as such, like he's, he's a, he's a big dude. He looks giant and imposing. Yeah. And now he does have like some professional MMA backgrounds. So you can kind of you can kind of present him as like this legit badass. That's that's actually what I love that they did. They did not do the impact thing of like we know who that is. They were like, "Holy shit, it's the Bellator fighter." They didn't mention yeah. like 
WWE at all or like mm-hmm. tried to hearken you back to that. They were like, this is a Bellator fighter that just showed up and he is beating everyone up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, like I actually. That. Yeah. Go ahead, man. I actually, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I guess we'll see to, well, tomorrow night, see if, if they are actually forming some sort of faction or if it's just a collection of people who have similar interests or I don't know, but I actually, the idea that I kind of like, who knows how they'll book him, but I almost would like the concept that they just use, that he is almost like Jericho's bodyguard, like a paid enforcer type of thing. Because mm-hmm. I actually, well, uh, <laughs> a really, put him, really new I'd and improved Ralphus. Yes. I'd put, I even put him in like the shirt with like his belly showing. That would be so that would be, different. That would be pretty meta, but um, I don't know. I feel like that would actually get him over more if he's just like this. Look, uh, Jake Hager isn't the best like talker, unless that's improved. So I, I think you can have him just be like silent and imposing. Uh, yeah. I, I almost kind of have him just be like an enforcer to Jericho, like have him basically interfere where he needs to in Jericho's matches or what have you. Well, he doesn't have to be on the show all the time. It's just like mm-hmm. he shows up when Jericho hits the panic button and then when he hits the panic button here comes here comes everybody, you know, here here he comes chugging his way, you know, through the crowd or down the ramp. It's like, oh crap, he's here. Um it's yeah, you guys pointed out that Hager looks big compared to everybody else and i think if if in some weird circumstance if i had ever been signed there i'd look big compared to a lot of guys too because like you said they're indie size but the um i'm i'm i know i'm i'm jumping in to agree with you but i do love the way that they introduced him and it's it's just one phrase and it's not Oh, this was Jack Swagger who used to be on our competitor. It was, oh, by the way, this guy's legit. And I'm building, I'm not just saying this to agree with you, I'm building to a joke because I loved the comparison somebody made. Around this time, they they announced that CM Punk was probably going to sign a deal to be a competitor on a Fox talk show. And they're, and they're saying, well, in AEW, Wins and losses matter. That's why they signed the two and O fighter instead of the O and two fighter. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked that. Uh, I liked that line quite a bit. I stole it off of Reddit. Nice. I also want to say I I really love the signing of LAX for AEW. I think they are a great addition to the roster. I would uh, wholeheartedly agree. And I want to say this is probably controversial. I think that I think they are my favorite incarnation of LAX. Uh, I I'll accept that. I, I really am... enjoyed their their match with the Rock and Roll Express from earlier this year. Uh huh. <laughs> the fact that the Rock and Roll is still out there doing all this stuff blows my mind. Oh. They signed with New Japan. I know, right? For at least a few shows, yeah. I want. <laughs> I, I want to so, see. I want to see them in the tag league this year. <laughs> I I need to see that show if it's on tape with them like rocking out with Tanahashi. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know, um, 
You know, uh, Ghetto is probably just happy as fuck he got them because he was talking about, there was some interview with him recently, or it might have been a couple years ago now, where he talked about how when he was growing up and he wasn't a kid, like, when he was a kid, he didn't give a shit about, like, the Japanese stuff. Like, it was the NWA that he loved. That's interesting. Like, he didn't care about the shooty, like, UWF stuff. Like, he, he waited for this show that was, like, the American stuff that was a lot of, like, Jim Crockett promotions and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I hadn't I heard that. that. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. So I thought the ending angle was really great. Like, overall, this show was better than I had hoped for. Like, I was really... I woke up the next morning after this show, and I was buzzing like I did after Double or Nothing. And then I was driving home from work on Friday, and I was kind of counting down in my head until AEW was on again, which I haven't done that with any sort of programming probably in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I would say I would say for me this show resonated and I would give it a big thumbs up. I, agree. I would definitely give it a thumbs up. So Matt, what did you think like being there live and then going back and watching it on TV? Like what was your overall like how do you feel like it came across on TV? Uh I think the criticism of the sound in general is kind of fair. Because that crowd was very, very hot. I think he got some of that, but I don't think it fully grasped like just how excited people were. But overall, I was pretty happy with the presentation. Like I felt, I felt it was pretty similar, like live versus what you saw on the TV. Like it was a, it was a good crowd. It was a good show. Um, again, I think I had like some, some maybe slight quibbles about maybe like the camera angles they showed at times, but. Overall, I thought it was great. For a first episode of a TV show, like, it really... I was expecting it to be a little rougher than it was. Because it really was, like, it really came off, like, slick and big league and, like, they had been doing this for a long time. Yeah. I also like that they had their win-loss records on their, like, graphics. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the um, the matches they recorded that are going into uh, their uh, YouTube show? What do you guys think about that uh, angle they're doing? I think as a I, concept, it's it's very good. It's hitting their demo, what they're aiming for. So that actually aired, I think, tonight uh, as we're yeah, recording this. Uh, I don't. I mean, it's something that they're just not putting out there and i don't know how much promotion that they've done with it but uh i saw somebody posted online on social media literally just a few minutes ago uh that they watched it because they weren't at the show live they but they did see the shows that they taped and uh, let me see if i can find what that person said about it hold on one second uh to do Sorry, to talk as I'm like <laughs> frantically searching. I think it's smartly hitting their demo because that under, especially that under 30 crowd watches a lot of YouTube. That's kind of become the new uh, filler with yeah, and streaming and that sort of stuff. It, it's become a, well, this is what I, if I have 10 minutes, this is what I'm going to be doing. Uh, especially if you're going to, 
grab teenagers, I think it's perfect to put that old style B show with some matches and recaps of the main show on YouTube. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I think it's I think it's great that they're actually doing a YouTube show because uh, so many of the younger crowd and millennials like watch tons of stuff from YouTube. Uh, I mean, there's a reason that really like not very bright or entertaining people like the Paul brothers <laughs> have become like literally millionaires because of their YouTube videos. Um, I just looked it up. This person was saying that uh, they they watched AEW Dark when it like as I went live mm -hmm. and it started off with 14,000 and by the end uh, was up to 25,000 people watching the show. Wow. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like that's not huge. Obviously there's, you know, literally millions of people, hundreds of millions of people in this country, but it does, it's interesting that it started off at a number. And then as it was going actually grew. Well, and for, and it's also a YouTube show that you can watch, like, later. Mm -hmm. Like, they were watching it live. Like, something they didn't even advertise, really, other than on a couple of Twitter posts. I mean, I knew about it, but then again, we follow wrestling pretty closely, so I had heard that it was going to debut. Yeah. I didn't even know that it was debuting tonight. I did, so. but I, I, I was going to watch it, like, tomorrow or something. NWA I Power also... also debuted tonight too i need to watch that too uh, i'm hearing good things about that that actually uh yeah i heard i, I had a couple friends i uh, i am me on facebook and say hey that nwa power show was pretty good yeah you know not that um not that i want aew to turn into like mini uh wwe and just start signing people away from companies mm -hmm. but i do think long term they should be looking at nick aldis as a talent that they want to acquire at some point because that guy is that very talented and you have a you kind of have like a ready-made program with like Cody if if they want to do yeah. that. I'll have to watch that. I think we should. I I want to watch an episode for the show at some point too. Yeah, and Nick Aldis is actually pretty young. Like he's did they in his, do that? He's in early thirties. So did they do the? They did the NWA thing. Did they do that at Techwood or did they do that at Center Stage? Do you know? I don't know. Because they they went to Atlanta. I know because they were kind of going the old school route. Uh, looking it up, I think they did it. They did it in Atlanta. Oh yeah, I know, I know that because because I watched the I watched back at I think at the Labor Day weekend when they did that thing with Billy Corgan and him announcing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so from what I what what I've heard from people who actually did watch uh, NWA Power today, uh, when they rolled credits at the end, and this um. <laughs> This reminded me a lot of like back in the day. If you watch like a, a, w, a WCW pay per view way back in the day, um, and they would roll credits at the very end, you'd see like uh, executive producer Virgil Runnels, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Uh, I guess um, I guess at the end credits of NWA Power, it said like uh, produced by uh, William Patrick Corrigan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's nice. He's using his uh, his professional name. Yeah. So then in other other news this weekend, I, before we get to we do want to talk about what WWE kind of their lowlights this week, because I think that overshadowed everything else they did. But did you guys see the pirate that Death Before Dishonored did? Oh, uh, was that the 600 people? Uh, I think it was 850. Yeah. OK. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
And that's... I don't even think um, the weekly TNA pay-per-views got that bad. Right. I mean, granted it was free, but as we just talked about literally a minute ago, in AEW Dark did... Uh, let me do my math here. It's, it's so, it got up to like 25,000. Uh, 25,000 divided by 800. Okay, it roughly did like 31 times. <laughs> the number of people uh, for a show that they didn't really even, it wasn't even super promoted and people just decided to watch tonight. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it was free, obviously, versus Ring of Honor being yet to pay for it. But still, I just I what do they do? And you know what the sad thing is, because it's so Ring of Honor, they finally did something right and put the title on Rush. And then it completely didn't matter because the Dragon Lee and Rush drama with CMM. CMLL completely overshadowed him winning the title. Yeah. Because it happened like concurrently. I, I just feel bad because it's like there's there's some talented guys that they've signed, especially in the last year. And it's like, it's just they'd be so much better off somewhere else. I know. And it's like, even if Ring of Honor tries, it just doesn't work because... They're just at that point where they've gotten so cold, like nothing matters anymore. Yeah, I agree. Like people don't, they, they don't even like register. You know, it's uh, it's actually kind of sad because this is kind of, uh, I'll, I'll share some personal details. Like back in, uh, I was at the 2018 uh, WrestleMania with a good friend of the show, uh, Christy Petrillo. And for a few minutes, like we actually since he uh, did the figures toy company uh, figure for Jeff Cobb, it, he, Chris knows Jeff. So we, we, I was actually able to talk with Jeff Cobb for like a few minutes, just like 10 minutes um, outside of one of his like numerous indie bookings that weekend. Uh, and he's a super nice guy. He's super chill. And I remember him talking to Chris because uh, that was like right when he was just getting out of the Lucha Underground contract that he was in. Um, and he was doing stuff with New Japan, but he was late. You know, later that year, he signed like a, a, a deal with Ring of Honor. And I remember him saying then, it's like, oh, I just got out of this like really bad situation. Like, I don't want to get in another one. Mm. And I'm sure like financially, he's done quite well for himself. And he's a really like a personally just an actually good human being his concern i think primarily was just making money for his family like i think he like bought his mom a house or something like that like he's just a good dude he really is a good guy so i'm sure he's being well compensated to be with ring of honor but i just wonder it's like what if what if he was a free agent right now you don't think like aew or wwe would be like they'd be right like busting out the checkbook to sign that guy and think about pco like he he no one talks about him after Mania Weekend. He's kind of gotten... He's super over it at any, like, the shows that he does. And even, like, the, the non-Ring of Honor shows, like, he's still... People are still into him, but... I mean, it's just, like, he's just a body there. Yeah. What is Skrull gonna do? Because he would... I thought that Skrull... I actually thought Skrull's contract was supposed to be up. Did he re-sign, or did they just it's, extend it, or... No, it's actually November. I think it's up. Okay. I mean, I, I, if I was him, I, I, I would have already been having discussions with yeah the Young Bucks and Tony Khan and all of them. 
to come in. I think he'll leave. I, I don't see... I understand why Taven's probably going to stay, because who who the fuck even cares about Taven? He's yeah. going to be a nothing everywhere else, so I get why he's going to stay, but that really says a lot about where Ring of Honor's at, is that's the, the caliber of guys that are going to want to stay now. Mm-hmm. Do you... This is a... We're kind of digressing a little bit, but honest question. Like, let's say their contract runs out, uh, WWE won't touch them, but do you think that AEW would consider the Briscoes? I don't know. I would think... I would think that um, there are going to have to be some concessions from the Briscoes. Yeah. there's Yeah, there's going to have to be some... some uh, apologies they're, they're or making have... amends or something. Because I feel like... I, I... They, they I was would have say to say some PR stuff would have to yeah. yeah would have to happen I would say that that if it, it potentially they could have a platform or they could be exposed to a, a bigger national audience with aew uh, but I mean aew is styling themselves as being like very inclusive and they have several members of the LGBTQ community on their roster, so I I'd almost would be like, even before they'd have to, I almost feel like they'd have to talk to their workers and be like, is this something that you guys would be okay with? Yeah, because I don't even remember what they said, but I remember it wasn't it, it I don't, like I said, I don't remember what they it was a tweet, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I remember, I don't remember what they said exactly, but it wasn't something that you could just brush off, that's what I do remember though. Mm. I don't, but it's been, that's been like, what, five years now? It's been a while. It was a long time ago. Yeah. But I think the problem there is, though, from that tweet, is it's, it wasn't like a misrepresentation or something. It tends to be what they genuinely believe. So you, you kind of have to take that baggage with them. And I don't, I think they would benefit AEW, but I don't know if the PR hit is worth it. Well, they might have more of an option if NWA is doing well to look, to look there then. But and I, I also, still don't know. Yeah, and I also don't know if they would be willing, if AEW was willing to take them if they made some concessions. I don't even know if the Briscoes would be willing to do it. Uh, yeah, they may not. Which I, I have to say, I mean, it is a shame because AEW would benefit from like, have you guys ever watched like their ROH promos from like their farm and stuff where it's just them like, like there's one where like ODB shoots up and they're just like shows up and they're just like shooting <laughs> guns at like targets and like drinking beer and just being themselves. And it's, it's literally like brilliant stuff. And like their dad shows up sometimes and cuts promos and he's just like, it's just amazing stuff. Because I think I think in character I, I hadn't for seen those. you'd mentioned them, but uh, I hadn't seen them. I think in character for ROH, like ODB is like their like cousin or something. Okay. <laughs> which which I don't know if we've ever got into it, but she seems to live the gimmick, and I just have a real um, affection for ODB. <laughs> She's someone who I think she showed up at. Um, she was at All In too, right? At the women's battle, the women's. Um, yeah, she was. Yeah, there's a ton of people, ton of women like 
that were part of that that I feel like AEW could pull from in the future. I would totally, if I was them, I would I would sign Mercedes Martinez in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would probably even sign... Uh, I'd sign Nicole Matthews if, if you could work her visa stuff yeah. out. I don't, know that, I don't know that you could. I, I, I don't think I mean, that... <laughs> I'm not sure... We don't exactly know what it was, but she would no, be a good signing I, to have. I think I think what she ran afoul of, from what I read at the time, is she she decided to work like some promotion like in the northwest, which wasn't like on her pre-approved work visa, and I think that's what got her oh bounced because that's what got um oh what's his face in trouble. I can't think of his name now. He works. He's from Canada. He does some DDT shows. He was kind of getting big here and then got his visa revoked, but I can't think of his name. Right. But I, I think they could work it out though, because Tony Khan does have money and probably some government connections. I think he could make that problem go away from, for her if he really wanted to. Really? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that politically we're in a climate where they're going to like give exceptions to, Mm visa issues but I mean, it depends on it depends on i think how much money are willing to go i know i know it's way different magnitudes of money but like conor mcgregor did commit assault on a bunch of people and did not get any of his visas if you believe some of the stories conor mcgregor may have committed several felonies for several different incidents so oh that is true i was thinking about the probably like two or three incidences he or two or three felonies he committed in a single instance mm, yeah. for a UFC event. Some of them, uh, like, actually on videotape. <laughs> yeah. I think all of it on videotape, actually. That was the winging the the metal item through a window of thing. Possibly a dolly. Yeah, I couldn't remember what exactly it was. That's a whole other side issue. Like, But I kind of I, I still like Conor McGregor. Even though he's just a trash human being, I think. But it, it is ridiculous that, again, because he makes the money, like they just look the other way. Oh, they, I mean, he's he, one he of could... the. Yeah, him and John Jones are the two biggest reasons how UFC just have completely, like, set a, a fire to their credibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to tie this episode up. Kind of is like a lead-in to our dark match, which will be coming out over the weekend. But mm-hmm. so WWE really did hype this week up as like their season premiere. They were starting on Fox, and there was a pay-per-view. And I think Matt said it best on Raw before we even got to the um, to the SmackDown and Hell in the Cell mistakes. But Matt like texted us mon- like Tuesday morning. He was like, "Man, like." They made they did all this hype and all it was is they were just shining that turd up for everyone. <laughs> and and there were there were numerous times throughout that week that that text from Matt just kept ringing in my head, just shining that turd up. Yeah, yeah. So listen, guys, um, we want to encourage you be on the lookout for that dark match coming up. Where we're going to talk about Hell in a Cell, but for now, um, you know, AEW and all the fun that goes on around that. Uh, this is Shad here with Matt and Brad, 
I know we're cutting this a little quick, but we really want to get into the, the dark match recording. So we've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think, and we'll see you next time. Bye. All right. I want...